Welcome to the Draft Nut Podcast. It's your host, Jared Feinberg of BlueChipScouting.com. I am here going solo for the foreseeable future, and I'll talk about why in a second. But I got a bunch of guests lined up for the podcast over the next several weeks, including one for the next episode of the Draft Nut Podcast. Super, super, super excited about this guy as he is one of my mentors since becoming an NFL draft analyst. Taught me so much about the quarterback position, and I, I, I'm super excited to have him on in a couple days. Okay, first, the elephant in the room. Where is my co-host? Where is Devin? Where is Devin Jackson? Devin will not be alongside me for the foreseeable future. Um, I don't feel comfortable going into detail as to what is going on with Devin. Um, some of you may know, some of you might not know. Um, if you don't know, it's better if it stays that way because I want to respect the privacy of my co-host and my friend. So whenever De- Devin is able to come back, I'll welcome back with open arms and we'll all welcome him back with open arms. But you'll still see him on Twitter. He's still posting Twitter content and whatnot. Um, being one of the best draft analysts out there, in my opinion, he's a star in the making and hope, hopefully we get him back soon. Okay. Got a few things to talk about. First off, I was going to start off with the Dak Prescott extension, but with the news overnight of the Trent Brown trade to new England, I want to talk about that real quick. First, Trent Brown is back in, he's back in new England. He's back in New England after, I believe, just like one or two years. Um, he, I think he was one year, two years into his new deal in, um, in uh, Las Vegas slash Oakland when he joined. Um, and now he's back in New England with a trade. I think it was the Raiders kind of just relieving more cap space because, you know, we all know the cap space. The salary cap is um, low this year because of the pandemic, because of a whole bunch of things, um, but mainly because of the pandemic. Um, but another thing is, Patriots got a boss back on the offensive line. The negative thing about this trade is that Joe Thune, their star offensive guard, the Patriots, by the way, he... It, it, it looks more and more likely he won't return, which sucks because he's a great player. He was a, he was one of the more consistent players that New England had last year with all the issues they had from that, from the offensive line, defense, wide receiver. I mean, like the whole team. He was the most consistent player on that football team. And it, it sucks to see him go. More than likely, um, Ian Rappaport, I think he was saying, you know, they haven't really, him, Joe Thune, and the Patriots haven't really talked much about a franchise tag nor an extension. And it, it just doesn't seem like anything's going to happen on that front. So Joe Thune is going to be on a new, more than likely will be on a new team next year. And I did tweet out um, earlier um, this Tuesday morning. I could see the Panthers potentially being aggressive for Joe Thune. They seem like a team that's going to be aggressive in free agency. They want to make their team better. Um, they want to get. They want to accelerate the rebuild process. It seems like um, 
But but back to the Trent Brown trade, you know, getting Brown on that offensive line, that is a dude. That is a big dude and a very good football player. And I tweeted out, you know, this could be the offensive line. Isaiah Wynn, if he's healthy. When he's healthy, he's really good. Um, Michael Owonu, um, the rookie from a year ago, talented football player. He he played basically all over the offensive line. And I think he would – and he did a good job despite of what he was asked and having to be put in the fire early on throughout the season. Um, David Andrews, if he comes back, I assume he will probably more than likely come back. Um, then you got – what else? Let me look at the tweet real quick. I did just tweet it out. Um, earlier this morning, Isaiah Wynn at left tackle, Awunu at left guard, Andrews at center, Shaq Mason at right guard, and then, of course, Trent Brown at right tackle. That's a great offensive line. And if you're able to get that offense some better weapons, a really good go-to tight end, or at least a very solid go-to tight end, and you're able to bring back Cam Newton – that's a home run offseason for the New England Patriots. Now, the big loss would be losing your most consistent player, Joe Thune. But, you know, making that up with a very good overall roster around, I, 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 think, that's, I think that's a W for New England if they're able to do that. So, Trent Brown heading to New England is a good, good thing for them. Losing Joe Thune, not so much. But here's the thing with Joe Thune. He's going to be very sought out for in the open market. As I mentioned before, Carolina's probably going to be interested. You're going to probably see other offensive line needy teams um, aggressively going for Joe Thune. I could definitely see Cincinnati going after Joe Thune. I think that one of their top one Cincinnati's top priorities should be to go after Joe Thune. So you're able to do that, if you're Cincinnati, you're already going in the right direction in terms of helping Joe Burrow out, Joe Burrow out up front. That, that's what I hope for. That's what I hope to see this offseason is that the Bengals really need to improve that offensive line. And if they can get Joe Thune, hell yes, I'm in. And if they can also get Panay Sewell in the draft as well. You move Jonah Williams inside at left guard or moving to right tackle, that offensive line is 10 times better than it was a year ago. Easily. Easily. Joe Thune can make an offensive line better. He's that good. He's a very good offensive guard um, and probably one of the better guards in the league. I could see Miami going for him. The connection there with Brian Flores being a former New England Patriots head coach, doing a great job over there in New England or in a, in Miami. Could see that just off the top of my head there for Joe Thune. So, yeah, overall, Joe Thune is going to be very sought out in free agency. Trent Brown, good addition. Welcome back to New England, Trent Brown. Okay, I want to talk about Dak Prescott. The dude got paid. The dude got paid. Happy for my guy. 
So Dak Prescott, Monday night, signed a brand new contract with the Dallas Cowboys. Four years, $160 million with a record $126 million guaranteed while averaging $42 million a year. All I have to say is where the hell was this contract a year ago? Should have paid him then. This is a well-deserved deal for Dak. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league and one of the better quarterbacks the league has to offer. And I couldn't be more happier for a guy that broke his ankle on national TV in the worst way on his way to having a potentially record-breaking season. He was on pace for 6,000 yards. That would have shattered the single-season passing yardage record. That's insane. He's a quarterback you can win with. You can win because of him. And I think, and I truly believe one day he will lead Dallas to a Super Bowl title. I don't know when it's going to be. Hell, it could be as soon as next season. If I'm being honest. Because Zach's that good now. Or it could be in a couple years. We'll have to wait and see. But Dak is a guy that can go out there and win you football games by himself. That's the type of player he is now. If you Three, four years ago, if you told me that, I'd be like, no, no. Dak, he's still young, still developing. Now he's developed into a very good quarterback, and he got the bank. He got the bank. The crazy thing here is, and I was just ranting about it a moment ago, quick little short rant, was that this time, this deal could have been done one to two years ago. Instead, they decided to pay Ezekiel Elliott and Jalen Smith, running back and linebacker, two of the most least valuable positions on either side of the ball, to contract extensions. Big contract extensions. Instead of their star quarterback. They also paid Amari Cooper beforehand. Now, I, I can understand Amari Cooper, very talented wide receiver, their best wide receiver, arguably. Like, I get that. Demarcus Lawrence, totally get that. You're a star edge rusher. You got to pay him. But you had to sign Dak at some point. But here's the thing. Dak's now paid. Nothing to worry about now. We can stop with the, oh, is Zach, where's Zach going to go? Is he actually going to be in Dallas? Are the Cowboys really going to keep him? Blah, blah, blah. He's here to stay for the next four years. He's prob- he won't have another new deal expected until he's probably 31, 32 years old. Which is great. Because probably by then, hopefully, Dallas is a well-rounded team. Hopefully. And they're Super Bowl contenders. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll just have to wait and see. The time with the Zeke and Jalen Smith extensions, it's just mind-boggling that they would go with those two players with extensions instead of going ahead and paying Dak the money before Patrick Mahomes got his record-breaking deal. But, I mean, Dak got a record-breaking deal either way. I mean, he is guaranteed $126 million. Guaranteed money. That's insane. Absolutely insane. 
When speaking on Dak recently, I found out there were fans that think this the team around him makes him better. That's the case for basically any quarterback, to be honest with you. I mean, you you look around the league and you here's the thing. If you don't have a good group of wide receivers in around you, good group of weapons around you, you're not going to do as well as people expect. And I, I'm being biased here, but Cam Newton dealt with this for most of his career in Carolina. And he still balled out. He was still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. Dak had a great offense, no question, all the way around him. He had Zeke. He had a really solid slash good offensive line. He had Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, who's probably going to be a top receiver in this league in a few short years, probably as soon as next year, to be honest with you. Michael Gallup, who is probably going to get paid somewhere. I don't expect him to be back in Dallas. I, I'm assuming he's not a free agent. I, I, I don't remember. Um, but a great group of wide receivers. Great group of skill position players. Good offensive line. But Dak, last year, was the reason the Cowboys were still in plenty of their games. The five games that Dak really played in, I think, I think it was five games. They were coming from behind in almost all those games because their defense was so bad, so bad. He gave Dallas a shot to win at the end every game he played last season and the game in the season beforehand. These last couple seasons, including the five games he played last season, I'm pretty sure it's five games, he showed, okay, I am a franchise quarterback. I can win. You, My team has a better chance of winning because of me. Because I can help that team win. I think Dallas, without Dak last year, if they didn't have Dak, they're 0-5 to start the year. No question. They're 2-3 and three because of Dak. Dak came close to winning those three games, too. Let's not get that twisted. Dak is a very good football player. And I think in a few years, we could be saying he might be one of the more elite quarterbacks in the league. He's still growing as a player. He's still young. He's going to be 31 by the time his contract ends. And for a quarterback, that's a good age. That's your prime. Getting paid in your prime then. That's going to be good. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. The games you, the games that they were in, like I said, were all very close. Dak almost won every single one of them by himself. Even with the weapons he had, he was balling out. And like I said earlier, he was on pace for over 6,000 yards on the season had he stayed healthy. And I just got a report, sorry to get off track here, from Adam Schefter, 
that the Patriots are not expected to use their franchise tag on Joe Thune as they did last year. Thune is heading to the free agent market. So just want to get that out of the way. But instead of that breaking news, more on Dak here. You go back and watch some of his games from his breakout year in 2019 when he had almost 5,000 yards passing. You're telling me Dallas has won games the last two seasons in spite of Dak? Get out of here with that. No, Dak is a top 10 quarterback in this league, and he's someone I want, my, I want leading my team to the Super Bowl. Simple as that. So now you're Dallas after the Dak deal, after the, after the Prescott deal. You need to look forward to free agency and start filling your needs through the open market and the NFL draft. I haven't gotten the chance to look at any of the contract numbers from within his deal in Dallas and Dallas's current cap space for what's worth. So bear with me here. Cornerback should be a top priority. And I think it's very crucial that Dallas has that cornerstone franchise cornerback on the boundary in an effort to make that defense better than it was a year ago. If they don't get any, any help, if they don't decide to upgrade or at least if they only add just depth to the interior defensive line, you better hope Navelli Gallimore and Tristan Hill can step up and become good starters because if not, Dallas is going to get smothered in the run game. They need a solid pass rusher opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. I feel like a player like Hassan Reddick, great versatility, broke out last season. He can be that guy while also helping out on the second level. Bottom line here is that Dallas needs to get that defense better so they aren't forcing Dak to go on pace for record-breaking numbers. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Dak going crazy and just shattering NFL records. But he, a lot of the yards he was putting up were because he was trying to get his team back up front, trying to get him to, trying to lead a comeback almost every game last season. I, I, I just... I don't want Dak to be in that situation all the time. You, There will be times where sometimes Dak Prescott might not be able to get you the win. You may need your defense to get a stop to win the game. So it's crucial that Dallas gets that defense right. Simple as that. Bottom line here is get better on defense so then Dak's not going for insane numbers. But with Dak at quarterback, you got a lot of, you got a lot of game. You got, you got a chance to win a lot of football games. That's it. Moving on. So last night, I watched Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. He's been a hot topic on draft Twitter. Some good reasons, some bad reasons. Nothing off the field issues, nothing like that. It's just criticism, whatnot, and a little bit of criticism from my part. I do apologize, but I'm just being objective about the whole thing. I spent last night watching games against Auburn in 2019, 2020 against Texas A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Ohio State. Before I dive into this little scouting report I have... On Mac Jones. 
I do want to make a note that I am being very objective when it comes to evaluating prospects. I think that is important for any draft analyst out there, any young draft analyst out there, to be objective with their draft analysis. I'm not going to give out a grade right now. If you follow me on Twitter, you probably already saw what I had for Mac Jones in terms of what his grade value was. But I'll mention it again here at the end of the scouting report. But if you have a problem with my process, oh well. It's my eyes, my mind, my evaluation. My job as a draft analyst is to be objective with evaluating prospects and to give the best analysis possible. Simple as that. Moving on. Jones is a player I happen to like. As I have mentioned on my Twitter timeline plenty of times, Jones is a smart football player that comes from an NFL-like offense in Alabama that was run by Steve Sarkeesian, now the head coach at Texas. Jones is is accurate on all levels of the field. I thought he was okay throwing the deep ball um, or accurate throwing the deep ball downfield. Smart with the football and rarely made bonehead decisions as a passer. This is a guy that did a great job going through his progressions. He displayed nice touch throughout his tape. I will admit those touch passes were very pretty. Some mechanics in terms of throwing motion and his lower half body movement. Really solid. But there were some things that he could work on some, you know, um, especially in the lower half um, and especially with the throwing mechanics. But it's not it's not too much of a concern, um, especially with a player like Mac Jones, the type of player he is. So overall, just, just overall, the good side of Jones is that he is a very smart football player. Great football IQ. Reads the field well. Not very panicky. He, he's he got good poise overall. Very confident in the pocket. He can move around inside the pocket. But he, here comes the bad stuff. That I've noted plenty of times. When discussing a potential Mac Jones Carolina draft pick. If it happens, I doubt it does. But I'll get that... I'll get to that here in just a second. Jones doesn't possess the mobility, the athleticism, and the out-of-structure play you look for at the quarterback position in today's NFL. I don't want to hear, well, Brady's doing fine in the league. I mean, well, Brady's been in the league for 20 years, and he's one of the smartest quarterbacks ever. He has a legit good arm. He has a good arm. He can throw good deep balls. Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady. He's more... I previously compared him to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater can do stuff out of structure better than Jones. Um, I do think Jones is a better deep ball thrower. So I saw Andy Dalton... Uh, comparison. I like that a lot. But overall, I'm not going to really make a definite pro comparison on Jones. I'm not going to force a comp on him. 
So, but he, but anyways, Jones struggled, I think, trying to make throws far hash and deep downfield. Um, a lot of it, a lot of the out of pocket play you saw for Jones were by design. There were plenty of bootlegs and rollouts installed in the game plan. So that's why you saw Jones moving around outside the pocket was a lot of it was by design. Um. There were some plays, and I remember against Auburn, that, and I think against Ohio State too, he did run out of the pocket, try to get some extra yards. He did get a first down against Auburn in 2019 when he was trying to drive the team downfield, trying to kick a game-tying field goal, I think, um, to potentially send that game into overtime. Um, and this is not – and a lot of his memory is just from watching that game – live then and also from the tape I saw last night um overall I like Jones I mean I've said that before I like Mac Jones great leader very smart football player but his limitations as a passer are very hard to ignore this is a player I don't think should be selected in the top 10 at all top picks 15 through 32 sure why not but Jones is a quarterback that will need good players at the skill at the skilled positions, on the offensive line, and a good coaching staff to have good success in the NFL. I think Jones would be a solid pick in Chicago, possibly, Pittsburgh, New Orleans is a favorite, just off the top of my head. Um, final grade for Jones, it's an early third round grade, I think it was a, it was a... Let me pull it up here. It was an 83. I graded him, and or I gave him an 83, which is the which is a high first round grade um, on my board, or on my grading scale. Um, but simple as that. Jones, I like him again. I like him. I. The thing is here, people are saying, oh. Well, he he. He has that connection with Caroline because he was coached by Matt Rule at the Senior Bowl. And Matt Rule has said he does like Mac Jones. Listen, just because there's a connection there doesn't mean Mac Jones is going to be the pick at eight. I don't care what Mike Tannenbaum, Tannenbaum is going to say. He failed in the front office. I don't care about his opinion, honestly. I, not to be rude or anything. I'm not usually a rude guy, but come on. If Mac Jones, if the Panthers took Mac Jones, they're basically getting another physically limited quarterback at the position. And I don't think that's what they want as their future quarterback, as their star quarterback for the year, for years to come. Carolina's not in the position right now to take Mac Jones. If the team was more was better overall in terms of the coaching staff was had more experience under their belt and they looked good. Great team all the way around. All they needed was a quarterback. If you took Mac Jones there, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But Carolina designed that position. They're not. It's more likely Carolina trades up and gets their quarterback, either Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, or even Trey Lance, than they do draft Mac Jones. I don't see it happening. I don't see a Mac Jones happening. I've heard that Carolina... Likes Jones, but they don't like him enough. 
in terms of can he be the franchise quarterback that we want. That's all I have to say. I want to say something real quick before I end the episode. I tweeted out the other night that I thought I was disappointing you guys. Um, I was getting out of I wasn't getting out the content I was hoping to get out. Been slammed with school, um, applying to four year four year institutions to transfer to after I finish up at community college. Um, plus, I work part time. That takes out a lot of energy for me. Um, and leaves me exhausted at the end of the day. Um, this is not to say I can't handle a big, big workload. This is me just saying I don't want to go crazy and I care about my, my mental health. Um, I want to be happy and I want to be in a good mood as much as I can. And I want to evaluate job prospects if I can. And someone with autism, I get stressed out and anxious very easily. So I'm just trying to make sure I don't overload and overwork myself to the point where I am having a mental breakdown, and I don't want that. I want to be happy. I want to be sure, like, okay, I feel good. I feel good today. That's what I want. Um, Listen, spring break for me is at a few weeks away. No homework, no work, more time to watch draft prospects. I'll be in in my happy place. That's for sure. That is for sure. Guys, thank you so much for listening to de- to today's podcast. Shout out to Devin. I miss you, bro. Hope you hope to get you back soon. Folks, stay safe. Keep wearing your mask. If you're eligible, if you're eligible, go get the vaccine, bro. It's safe. I promise you it's safe. I'm I'm currently ed- eligible for the vaccine. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get it though because I still don't know where they're going to be distributed at yet. I don't know if I can make an appointment yet. I'll just have to wait and see. But go, if you're eligible, go get the vaccine. There is light at the end of the tunnel, folks. We're almost there. We could be back to normal by the end of the year. Seriously. Be smart. Stay safe. Keep wearing your mask. Go get the vaccine if you can. I love y'all. Peace.